So, hi, uh, I'm Al, and I'm joined by Savis this evening, and it's Halloween. Um, thank you for being here. <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, and we're going to talk about a, a very important thing today on a lot of people's minds, and just thank you for uh, taking the time to share your perspective and your uh, experience. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the situation in Iran and what it's like uh, being Iranian and uh, also being outside the country now. Um, mm -hmm. So can you share a little bit about your experience or about yourself, like uh, whatever you're comfortable with talking about? Yeah, <laughs> first, uh, I really appreciate your time and also your initiative. It's uh, really it's heartwarming in this situation when people even care about the things happening in another part of the world. And uh, so I really appreciate it. And uh, yes, I came to Norway 2011. And I should say I was also influenced by the same kind of uh, demonstration that happened after election of the president in Iran, which people were against it because they thought that is not their choice, is not uh, the person who voted. So it was the kind of the election that wasn't democratic. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we were also in the street that we want our votes. And I saw in front of my eyes that people are getting killed, especially young people. And uh, it was also after the death of another young lady, and mm. of a sultan and uh, I soon realized that I cannot be impactful if I'm going to a street because I'm going to be killed also so I thought that first I'm going to change my life by like going to another country and also maybe uh, get educated and uh, be impactful in that way, maybe by kind of expressing my voice in another country, by uh, going to a country that is famous for being democratic as Norway and going for human rights. Mm -hmm. But I should say that after 12 years today, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that I'm so inspired by the young people, especially young women in Iran, that they still are there. They still think that, like they are, they are so courage to be in Iran, and without any fear, go there in the streets and fighting for their rights without even thinking about to be killed. So I was coward, honestly. I thought that I'm going to be more impactful if I'm coming to another country and you know, gaining education, learning from the other countries. But even the things I have done for like many years to make my Iranians uh, women proud, uh, it still was sometimes I felt that if I'm not comfortable to say I'm, uh, I'm Persian in many occasions, but today by the things that the Persian women are doing, I'm proudly can say I'm Persian woman. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so you kind of left to get educated. Um, what has that journey been like for you? Uh, I know that when we got to talking, a big thing that we shared in common was uh, the immigrant experience and just some mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, the challenges that we were facing and just uh, like, how has your educational journey been for you? 
you know, everything is comparative. Like, so if I want to compare it uh, with the country I come from, of course, it was much easier and smoother. But uh, I can say that we have the same problem. We still are living in a in in democratic country or in democratic world i mean so you can see the same path everywhere but with different scales so um if i want to compare it to iran of course it was very smooth i'm super happy and i'm grateful for the path i had but i should say that it wasn't easy it was also has its own challenges. And uh, many times I also felt that I'm kind of, I'm, I need to empower myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, especially in, uh, you know, maybe many PhD students or postdocs share the same experiences that uh, the supervision pro- uh, processes are not smooth and you always need to empower yourself because especially in many European countries, you are uh, not considered as a student, you are employees. And then you are in, in between, you are not permanent employees with the same rights, but you are not a student. So you are in between and you always need to fight for your rights. And that was challenging, of course. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that like you had to fight for uh, as a when you like in your PhD journey? <laughs> there, are ma- there are many things, of course. There are like many times I I felt that uh, I I was also like being told to do something, the the path I should uh, taken or uh, it's uh, when it comes to administration work or. It, it wasn't like 100% uh, freedom of choice. But uh, today I learned that uh, we need to take some self-responsibility because uh, my approach has also changed because mm. uh, I was also used to blame others for the limitation I had. But now I learned that uh, I need to take self-responsibility. So we attracted the things that we kind of we are grown up with mm. so it's, it's our belief or maybe it's the way we kind of raise up so we attracted those things so maybe even my belief system actually a- affected my behavior so I was feeling that I'm discriminated or I'm kind of powerless uh, I'm not uh, I'm not in a same path to blame others so I'm I'm saying that we human beings um are kind of having the freedom of choice. We need to decide which path we want to go, where we want to go. Of course, there are some limitations, but we have the power to kind of find our own way. It's it's not easy. It's, it's uh, challenging, but I think those challenges are for making us to grow again and to find ourselves, to make a better version of ourselves, to be stronger. Uh, but yeah, those those years I was also blaming many people. And I'm saying that, <laughs> of course, we need some kind of infrastructure to support you. It's not just about you go out and empower yourself, like mm-hmm. the same happening in Iran. I think many women in Iran now kind of have this self-responsibility that they go and fight for their freedom. And no matter how difficult it is with consistency, 
and they know that they need to bring those uh, life and dreams that they want to and make their life that they want to have but also the, the like the surrounding the environment the people around it also can be uh, supportive or can be a, a barrier for that so of course in that matter we need some supports and uh, yeah so my my <laughs> my journey wasn't uh, without challenges it was a kind of life learning process so um you talked a lot about empowerment and how like you were different when you left right and how it's been a journey um what did empowerment look like to you when you left in around 2010 ish versus empowerment today like what is the difference in empowerment to you for me before was that i need someone to empower me so i was looking for mediator or some hero or some system or some person to come and empower me so I think the society, the political system, or even our parents make us to believe that somebody needs to empower us. Or maybe even the education I take as urban planner that we need to empower citizens. Of course, it is important. Of course, we need advocates who take responsibility and who have this personality or maybe mission to take care of the marginalized people. Mm-hmm. But the self-empowerment um, or the first step is that we realize that nobody will come unless you take the initiative, unless you go out and kind of express your need, unless you want to say what you want, what you need, and then wait for some supportive people to maybe facilitate or maybe have the same voices or maybe have the same kind of care. because. Is also about the relationship, right? We are all connected to each other. So if we get our missions, we are in this world to help each other, to support each other, to maybe um, pave the path for each other. So that person exists, that system exists, but first we need to realize what is our own mission and role. And then we, we need to kind of, we need to address that we need the help. To get the hand but it's not somebody is not just offering help or support without you saying that you need it so that is the meaning of empowerment for me now I think that's so great so yeah we often talk a lot about um, DIY or do it yourself as an ethos because uh, it's really big in the community that we've grown up in that you have to like make your own way. And it's weird, though, because I also feel like I need permission to do things. Um, but once I get that permission, I can like go off on whatever like my journey is. Um, so with all this in mind, your new um, thoughts on empowerment and stuff, what are, what are your thoughts about Masa Amini's death and the deaths of the other women that's been happening lately? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, there is no word to express it. Of course, there are, uh, these are the young people who are just uh, fighting for their basic needs. Uh Masa Amini didn't even know that she's fighting for her humans, right? She was just showing part of her hair, uh, like the, 
the very minimal things that maybe we, even my, including myself, since I moved to Norway, take it as granted. I was used to have hijab in Iran, compulsory hijab, even if I didn't believe in. But now I'm also taking it as granted that how easy it can be to be without hijab. And I think it's just, you know, we, 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 we as a human being, we have some kind of, we are, we are the creations that we need, we have something in us as freedom of choice. So these are so basic that is like unbelievable how difficult it can be and how easily we can forgotten that somebody take it from us. And uh, I think it's just not acceptable. Is is it's so basic that uh, yeah, there is there is no words. Of course, it's full of emotion because you don't think that why these people are getting killed. They are not doing anything. It, it, they just want to be free. They just want to, you know, have the choice of how they want to wear, what they want to wear, how they want to live a life, and this. Yeah, it's it's just a stupid, but uh, but at the same time is I think is um, inspiring because these events remind us like how how we take life for granted. So have more value of every second of all the things we have. Maybe in other countries, in other societies, that uh, there are still some places in this world that they don't have the freedom of choice. So when we talk about empowerment, uh, of course, like sometimes uh, you want to go and express your voice, but the system, the environment around you is, is a kind of break. Don't let you to express, express your voices. And that is sad. And that is why what I want to kind of contribute to and all the other maybe Iranian women or all the other women around the world for all the women's movements wanted to declare that these are so basic that sometimes we just forgot them but it doesn't mean that they are not painful mm -hmm. do you um, mind sharing a little bit about how you imagine your contribution being from the outside uh, of course, like I believe that each of us have some kind of resources. Some of us have knowledge. Some of us, some of us has network. Uh, some of us has emotion uh, that they can just show it and express it. We have arts. We have knowledge. We have power. We have people. So each of us can contribute in a way for raising awareness for uh, exchange of knowledge experiences talk raises uh, awareness like raise how people can be grateful supportive make each other understand of the things happening in iran uh, but uh, for for myself like personally i think uh, i can contribute to research and kind of uh, knowledge developments because my backgrounds uh, in education is in urban governance, the way different actors uh, kind of share resources and negotiate, try to manage their conflicts and disagreements uh, for their mutual interest. Mm -hmm. And want to expand this kind of uh, urban governance to global and see how different stakeholders can share their resources 
and uh, contribute to creating more democratic society, like uh, achieving sustainable development goals. And I think many times uh, we don't have empirical case. Sometimes we, we build our knowledge or theory after something happened. But now we have we have ongoing process in Iran. So we can ask ourselves how we can rebuild a kind of democratic, the real democratic country from scratch by looking at the case study of Iran, like how a country that is started with all this demonstration can uh, kind of be a good case, be a good foundation for realizing how we can create democracy again and how the, all the people or all the stakeholders around the world can contribute to and learn from Iranians' experience. We can replicate that model, we can replicate that experience for creating more democratic societies. That can be a story in other places as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, as our are communication channels okay like in Iran like can you still reach people to help you with this work or is that going to be a challenge it, it is challenging but uh, because uh, you know like we don't have freedom of speech so the government in Iran try to ban internet and there are they try to like block internets that people are not allowed to express their opinion and share what is happening uh, but still people find a way you know now we are in a, <laughs> in internets uh, of things so people find a way with VPNs and we have our own um, Persian language television channels which people can send their videos their stories and they are kind of uh, showing what is happening in Iran. So people are still trying to be active in Instagram by uh, contacting their families, friends, uh, friends outside of Iran. And uh, we can be the voice of peoples in Iran. Of course, it's not the same as before and people are really uh, kind of challenging to have connection with outside of Iran, uh, but we can hear some stories still. Are are those people safe? Like, of course do, not. Uh, okay, you, <laughs> I just wanted to confirm. Not. No, like it's it's crazy because now even they are shooting teenagers, like the children. It's it's not acceptable, and uh, you know it's like uh, the unity, the solar uh, solidarity in Iran is so high that even children, school children, teenagers are getting involved and. They are going out. They are fearless because they are they are losing their sisters. They are losing their families, cousins, relatives. Of course, everybody's like they are. They are. They have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. So everybody is in the streets and at universities, schools. Uh, I don't know everywhere. So and they are not safe. So people are just being shot by police and uh, yeah. That is uh, that is sad and it's not safe. No, so it can happen that your child go out and never come back. That's so, like that's so sad. I just ah, uh, do you feel safe? <laughs> no, of course not. Like, how can you feel safe when when your blood, when your family are still in Iran? So. 
of course, it's. I think it was a very tough time for both Iranian inside Iran and those outside of Iran without having good connection. And uh, still, I couldn't talk to my father. We can just send message. So I haven't heard his voices for two months. Mm. Uh, and it, it is difficult. Of course, I don't feel safe. I have no idea what is happening. And uh, it, it's funny when uh, when my mother was saying that it's it can um, be okay. Like you go to the street and you think nothing is happening, but suddenly somebody's shouting somewhere. You just hear that there is a gunshot and. Of course, you don't feel safe. I'm worried about my families and my friends. And whenever I hear something or I am I, scared to even open up my Instagram to hear another person is killed. It's, no, we don't have the basic needs. No. Yeah. And you were saying that you stay like you're staying off social media um, and you're staying away from the news because it's like really hard. So um what kinds of things are you doing to take care of yourself um i know you're doing a whole bunch to share um like the message of revolution and the spirit of of what's going on and and that hopefully to spurn change and awareness like when you did a presentation a a, a good part of your presentation was about the revolution and how beautiful it is and you are very hopeful and optimistic about like the future of governance in Iran which I think is so beautiful and just like how are you taking care of yourself this is also the kind of self-belief because I believe on I believe in energy so uh, if you feel sad if you feel angry if you have um, kind of anger inside you you will attract it more mm. so if you're sad if you are depressed if you are uh, kind of pessimistic it doesn't help you and those scenes those news is not making it easy of course if i if i'm sleeping with the image of killing people uh, i feel i'm attracting more so how i'm protecting myself is to image a beautiful Iran, uh, is to image free Iran, is to image my kind of women are uh, free. They are dancing in the street, they are singing, they are free to show their hairs. Uh, I see that they are in power. I see that they are inspiring the whole world. They are, uh, they are kind of public figure to inspire others. They are coaches, they are leaders. And uh, they are kind of inspiring women and uh, children all around the world. And I image that Iran is going to be a good example of a true democratic country. So they're asking politicians, activists in Iran to have a speech and uh, kind of give guidance to the other uh, countries to how to be democratic. So these are the images I have and also how I can be impactful, how can I be influential, how can I empower women in general, both in Iran and outside of Iran. And uh, I'm just keeping have this clear, nice image, uh, new Iran, beautiful Iran, and also send love to the people, to the heroes in Iran. I also wish them to be safe. and. Uh, 
yeah so i'm i'm just trying to be positive and i think that even if they are sad even if it's many people are killed but i think without this kind of um, conflict without this kind of demonstration we never could have expressed our voices we couldn't uh, attract this uh, solidarity among all the people outside of iran uh, we never could have been united and uh, i think that was necessary because the diversity in iran is quite high like we have so many different religion we have different group of people ethical groups but the conflicts not always bad it's called cohesion it's called unity and i think now we miss that now we become a powerful country and also I think because I believe also, you know, that at the school also, I believe in giving the leading roles to young people. And now young people in Iran show that what the meaning of leadership means. And uh, I'm so inspired by them. So I'm reflecting on them on how I'm how I learn from them, how I can actually uh, kind of uh, be inspired by them and replicate the, the way they are doing to my even classrooms to ask the other young people to be courage and to go after their kind of rights, the things they want, go after their dreams and just push their fears. So I'm just trying to be positive, even if I'm sad. And also I know that after all the hardships, after all the disappointment, always there is a kind of uh, good times after each storm there will come some sunshine <laughs> and calm. Yeah. I love that. It's, it is so positive. And I do hope that your vision gets realized because it is really inspiring, like to see women and young people in places of leadership and, you know, be able to have their basic human rights. Um, and like, uh, one of the things that we talked about was uh, the lack of visibility of uh, of like what's going on in Iran. And just I think maybe last week or the week before there was a protest uh, in where we live um, for Ukraine. And I just was looking at this like, OK, it's great. But again, where is the support for Iran? Where is the awareness? Where is the where is the um, love and the caring? And so what what are some things that you would want people outside of Iran who don't have a lot of knowledge about Iran to like know? Um, and what do you want visibility to like look like or what can people do to take action? First, I think is awareness that is not about Iranian issues, mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a global things. As I mentioned before, we all human beings are connected to each other. You know, it's a is a um, kind of ocean of motion. It's like is each of us has a ripple effect, and it's just go beyond local, regional, national. It, it's global things, and uh, so I, I like my message is not don't look at it as Iranian things, as women in Iran or Middle East or Asia. It's about it's about the global things. And you know that we work with sustainable development. And the big message of sustainable development goals are partnership 
for achieving them. And they are asking everybody, every individuals. We cannot save this world. We cannot have democracy in this world without uh, each of us take responsibility, support each other and be aware. So, um, and the thing is that I believe if I support something, if I um, kind of send some energy to something, I will get it back. So it's, so it's each of us matter even if for our own sake. So if you want love, you need to send love. If you want peace, you need to uh, kind of express peace. You need to take care of peace. If you want to be heard, you need to make other people be heard. If you want to be uh, kind of empowered, you need to empower others. This is this is the way it is. You, you know, it's you know, some people believe in karma. Like the world is based on the cause and effect. So it's not just about Iranians. So one day it can happen to you um, that in life you need somebody to support you. You need to somebody hear you. And today is a day. Just do it and uh, you will see the kind of the results. It will come back to you. So even if you don't do it for Iranians, do it for yourself. It's, it's, I think it's a matter of self-love. If anyone loves himself or herself, they will do support Iranian because... It's, it's a matter of awareness and uh, is is a social responsibility is is a nice thing we are supporting each other as human being yeah so, yeah so i think each of us has some resource each of us like we human beings uh, have heart have knowledge have mind each of us can do something is and each of us matter because each of us has ripple effect so um for our listeners who may be like new with this kind of concept um is could you provide any advice to them for how to search that out in themselves like if people are like oh well I don't know what my gift is or I don't have a gift or maybe they grew up in like a bad family environment you know and they were told oh you know and and they've internalized the belief that like I'm nothing I you know whatever I'm a loser I'm mm -hmm. stupid or you know can you provide some advice to them about how to overcome that or like explore themselves of course it's like uh, what I do usually even if I become sad or disappointed or I expected somebody to do something for me I just remind myself all the feeling I have is because of lack of something inside me so I just remind myself that you are enough you are good enough you need to love yourself and I think um, you know we human beings are programmed by our parents by the environment by our society that we are not good enough we need to go after a goal we need to always be perfect we need to be amazing in everything and they create this image that this is a nice body this is a nice way of um, being this is the way that you need to work these are the jobs that make you successful but this is not this is not the reality actually we are more than this physical uh, kind of um, form we are we are energy and uh, we can we can um, go back inside to what creates us as human being is is uh, is is more than physical you know it's it's it's, it's spiritual and i think we have uh, given some uh, faculties we have some potentials to uh, to be happy 
because if there is happiness it means that we can get it mm-hmm. if we have calmness means that we can get it if there is love that we all experience it it means that it's it's gainable it's accessible so and everything is started with us if we just give it to ourselves we can have it and i can bring an example and it's like that if you are if you're teen for example if you're satisfied with your body you never you never become jealous of other people's to be to have a nice body if you if you have i don't know if you have education you never become jealous on other people so when you are happy when you're satisfied with yourself when you love yourself you don't become jealous you don't envy others you know so those things that we lack we always become sad and disappointed and be jealous so we need to love ourselves and we need to complete those things that we are missing and lacking in ourselves and everything starts with love so we need to dedicate some time to remind of to remind us about how good we are how enough we are and don't let the outside world program us yeah, that's like super hard. Um, so I always try to, I'm a doer. Um, so like I've done a lot of like therapy to help overcome like those kinds of messages. And um, like, uh, I always try to tell people, oh, if you're interested in something, just try it. And like, if it works out that you like it, uh, great. And if it doesn't, then you know something you don't like. And that's also great. And, you know, I feel like failing and like, um, it's really undervalued failing or like trying something and not liking it or not being good at it. Those kinds of like, things really help make you as a person like because it's part of the journey of self-exploration and um Mm -hmm. yeah and also you said failure I think this is another thing that we are programmed yes our perception about failure is also wrong like we can see it as a part of a journey because without failure we never can have success and also I have heard that when like I'm also saying to my students if even if I'm saying something, never accept it or reject it immediately and uh, just test it. Test that idea, apply it in your life and then with philosophy, with the reason, say that you will accept it or reject it. But don't let anyone tell you what is good or bad. But never ignore something. Like don't just... You know, just hear something without thinking about it. Why that person say it? So, so apply it, apply it. Maybe there is some point. And I think we miss many opportunities in this world because we just ignore it. We hear the podcast, we read books, we see news, we hear so many fantastic ideas. And I think uh, there is no new knowledge. The things we are saying, I think, Many people are saying they are not new. The knowledge is there. But there is a gap between knowing and applying those knowledge in your life, right? Yeah. And we need a new type of education. We need new people to help us to do, uh, kind of to apply those knowledge, to uh, kind of act upon the things we think they are good. So we need to consciously act upon the things we are hearing. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Thanks for that advice. <laughs> um, uh, is there anything else you want to share with people before we start to wrap it up? 
about like anything that's going on or well, the only things I I would have say is that I also learn from these processes is that uh, we can learn from everyone and from everywhere and from whatever happen happening around us. We need to little bit uh, kind of um, raise self-awareness and also be more kind of um, aware of the things happening around us. And because one of the one of the needs that they are common in all human beings is a kind of um, self-fulfillment. So we all of us uh, want to be a better version of ourselves. And this uh, awareness can actually help us. And to be that person, to be a better version of ourselves comes with uh, self-responsibility. And uh, we, we need to accept it that we as human beings have uh, freedom of choice and with that freedom of choice comes responsibility and self-dependency. So if we don't act around and open the things happening uh, in the world, it's our mistake, it's our kind of ignorance. Mm. And uh, the only things is that I think if everyone be more aware, they will act. Yeah. It's that nothing... Makes- and ask people to do it because they they I think if they just little bit think they will automatically act yeah also asking people is really like because sometimes people are just waiting to be asked like to participate you know people want to participate they're just like waiting mm-hmm. um I actually have one more question before we get to like the music stuff um how did you find urban planning I think it's uh, it's funny because uh, I was someone, maybe, I don't know if you are the same or not. I was always very kind of um, self-aware, like what I'm what I'm after, what I'm good at, what is my personality, what is my impact, what is my role in this world. And I very soon figured out that um, I'm... I love to be impactful and I love to be a part of people's uh, development. Mm-hmm. So I, I, my brother um, is architect. So first I saw that uh, he is contributing to creating better places, better houses and uh, contribu- contributing people's happiness regarding the placemaking. But I felt that I needed more. I needed kind of to ex pen this uh, impact and I realized maybe city level is better and also to increase the quality of life for citizens and I soon realized that city planning is more than just the physical aspect it's social it's economic it's it's health it's uh, transportation so it's kind of um, uh, is beyond the buildings and it's include everything so by that I thought that I can contribute a lot and uh, I can be kind of uh, be more impactful that was the reason I chose urban planning that's so cool I thought it was just about the buildings too or maybe like allocation of resources and like how to best build up a space but I never thought that it included all the other things too no, and also now, like even if I have finished my PhD, I'm just getting to more interdisciplinary. Now I got 
into politics and then uh, to human scientists and then psychology. So all of them are connected because city is about human being and human being is a complex uh, system, right? So it yeah. includes everything. And uh, I, now I'm into inside out approach, not how we can uh, create spaces, how we can create city to make people happy, but how we can make people aware of their own happiness to make them contribute to making cities like to because we have this capacity to kind of bring the best out of ourselves and then contribute to our environment not make the environment that we feel better you know so it's the opposite approach I think that's really cool that's kind of like a uh, an interesting intersection of our work because I'm also looking at how do we make people feel uh, active and engaged and like they are they should participate in the mm -hmm. creation of their cities and like in what the city looks like in the future because like um most often I think yeah people tell themselves the story that they're not a part of this process like oh I have no knowledge I have no skills what can I bring to city development or city planning and like really it's like okay but we want you to come we want you to participate we want you to help build this you know what the vision is going to be 20 30 40 100 years from now you know we want to know what you think uh, so I think that's really cool that is cool. And also you said something that I was also sharing the same kind of uh, attitude is like how we can make them to engage, how we can kind of facilitate uh, this process that they achieve what they want, how we can motivate them, how we can kind of uh, motivate them to change their behavior, which is more sustainable. And I think it's a concern of many projects, European projects, many municipalities, uh, many governments around the world. And by that, I thought we failed because we cannot motivate people. We cannot change uh, people's behavior unless they are kind of willing to do so, unless mm -hmm. they are uh, they are aware that is necessary for them. So now the question is that how people can motivate themselves and we can just facilitate it or support it or help it. So that is a that is a kind of question we should ask. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's like a whole area of research. <laughs> uh, well, if you could leave our listeners with a song lyric um, or a song like for, uh, you know, this talk or about Iran or, you know, about you, what what kind of songs come up for you? Uh, I you know that now is a song that become very famous is an Iranian song by Sherwin uh, actually it's called Baroya and I think now everybody has heard about it and it's so uh, kind of so nice and so painful at the same time because he's actually saying for the sake of basic needs for for dancing in the street for the for the dogs are being killed for the children's are being killed for the lack of um, freedom to sing to dance to have to even kiss your loved ones in public so it's for those sakes he's just singing and it's 
it's it's uh, so nice to say that how people in Iran are not having given the basic uh, human rights, and he sings it very nicely. But I also like the. Um, Even Michael Jackson, they don't care about us. Or uh, Pink, that um, uh, what is uh, her song about? Um, um, what about us? Mm. So all of these lyrics is actually raises awareness that yeah, it doesn't matter in USA or in Iran or Africa. We all experience the uh, kind of same um, same thing. Sometimes it's Uh, we are we are kind of um, blocked by the things we want. We need to empower ourselves, and uh, not all the people around us, not all the governments, let us to be free. But uh, we will fight for it, and we will support each other, and we will just uh, make the coalition <laughs> right to say that this is our rights, and we are fighting for it. Yeah, I love that. Oh, thank you for taking this time with me and uh, sharing a little bit about Iran and your experiences and uh, what's going on now and with our audience. And I just really appreciate you. I, I, I should thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your care and also bringing this issue, which is uh, very emotional, at least for me. And it's not very easy to talk about it. But... Uh, But I, I, I'm really grateful and thanks for care and hopefully that it's uh, people around the world can listen it and also feel this kind of uh, connection to what is happening in Iran to their own individual life. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, well, I hope you have a good evening. And, you uh, too. Thanks. Thanks.